Hello and welcome to All Things Apostolic. Today we're going to continue our discussion on leadership development and look at three different leadership theories and how they affect development in the local church. Hello and welcome to All Things Apostolic. My name is Dr. Casey Cease. Today we're going to talk about three leadership theories and how they affect our leadership development in the local church. Leadership is the cornerstone upon which the church's growth and spiritual health rests. Yet as we navigate the complexities of leadership development, we encounter a landscape that is marked by varied theories and theologies. Over the years, leadership theories have provided frameworks, attempting to encapsulate the essence of what makes a leader effective. These theories, while foundational, often present a double-edged sword, offering insights that can be both helpful, but can also obscure our understanding of leadership development. The traits theory, often referred to as the great man's theory, is a concept that has shaped the understanding of leadership for centuries and posits that leaders are born with inherent traits that predispose them to be effective leaders. This perspective suggests that leadership is the domain of a few, the extraordinary individuals who rise to the occasion through their innate qualities. The genesis of traits theory can be traced back to the works of historians and philosophers like Thomas Carlyle who argued that the course of history is fundamentally shaped by the actions of great men. According to Carlyle and proponents of this theory, these individuals possess qualities that distinguish them from the masses, and it enables them to lead, inspire, and affect change on a grand scale. In the context of the apostolic movement, this theory presents a fascinating dichotomy. On one hand, the acknowledgement of divinely inspired leadership resonates with our understanding of God's calling and anointing. The biblical narrative is replete with examples of individuals who, through divine selection, led their people with wisdom and courage. Figures like Moses, David, and the apostles, whose leadership was indeed marked by exceptional qualities and a direct calling from God. However, the great man theory emphasizes inherent qualities as the sole source of leadership capabilities, which can provide a significant limitation. First, it suggests a fixed mindset regarding leadership potential, implying that one either possesses these traits or they do not. This perspective can stifle the development of emerging leaders within the church who, though not immediately displaying these great traits, possess the potential for growth and development through guidance, experience, and spiritual formation. Furthermore, this theory's focus on individual greatness can overshadow the collaborative community-oriented nature of leadership that is central to the biblical text. Leadership within the church is not solely about individual charisma or innate qualities, but about serving guiding, and nurturing spiritual growth of the entire body of Christ. It involves stewardship, discipleship, and a collective striving towards the fulfillment of each individual's purpose and the church's mission. Recognizing the limitations of the great man theory compels us to advocate for a more inclusive approach to leadership development, 
one that acknowledges the potential within each member of the church and that each member can contribute to the church's leadership. This approach aligns with the biblical principle that each believer is endowed with gifts and callings that when nurtured and developed can significantly impact the broader community. Rather than looking solely for those who might fit the mold of the great man theory, our focus should shift towards creating an environment that encourages growth, learning, and the development of leadership skills across the congregation. This includes investing in mentorship programs, leadership training, and opportunities for service that allows individuals to discover and develop leadership potential. Another theory is the, uh, what is referred to as the charismatic theory of leadership, and it suggests that a leader's influence stems from their exceptional personal qualities, vision, confidence, and eloquence. Max Weber's concept of charisma as self-determined and boundless has inspired a lineage of thought emphasizing the magnetic pull of charismatic leaders. While charismatic leadership can um, inspire and it can galvanize, it is not without its challenges. The theory's emphasis on personal magnetism can overshadow the need for a comprehensive skill set that leadership demands, particularly within the church where leadership extends beyond inspirational uh, leadership to include uh, stewardship, discipleship, and governance. In apostolic churches, the concept of charismatic leadership certainly resonates with the emphasis on spiritual gifts, anointing, and the direct influence of the Holy Spirit. Charismatic leaders are often seen as vessels through whom God works powerfully, leading the congregation not just through words and deeds, but through the evident manifestation of the Spirit's power. This alignment with the church's spiritual ethos makes charismatic leadership particularly appealing and relevant to Pentecostal churches. The strength of charismatic leadership is manifold. Charismatic leaders are adept at articulating a vision that is both compelling and mobilizing. They're adept at drawing and articulating that vision, uh, drawing people together in pursuit of a common goal. Their confidence and conviction can inspire faith and dedication among followers, fostering a sense of purpose and unity. Additionally, the ability of charismatic leaders to connect on an emotional level demonstrates empathy and understanding, and it can strengthen the bonds within the local assembly, creating a resilient and supportive uh, spiritual family. Despite its strengths, relying solely on charismatic leadership does prevent or present rather uh, several challenges. Um, in Max Weber's um, uh, streaming out of this theory, it presents a limited transferability. Since charismatic uh, leadership or charisma is a personal quality, it could be challenging to impart or transfer to others. As a result, it might be challenging to create a group of charismatic leaders, which would limit the organization and church's overall effectiveness. There's also a danger of abuse in uh, what Weber defines as charismatic leadership because it, it accentuates uh, someone's ability to inspire and maybe because they don't have other qualities, they inspire someone negatively. Uh, 
it also presents a restricted focus, right? So while charismatic leaders may be excellent at inspiring and motivating other followers, that doesn't mean that they're good at fostering the development of others or their competencies, including things such as teamwork and strategic planning. Um, it also presents what one would call a dependency risk. And so if a group depends too much on a charismatic leader, it may be left susceptible in the event that that leader is no longer there. Maybe they resign. God forbid, maybe they pass away. What happens in these situations when this happens? Ultimately, even though the charismatic leader theory can be helpful in some situations, it may not be the most long-term or suitable method for developing leaders. And so many churches have relied on the pastor to handle all facets of ministry within the church rather than actively cultivating new leaders. And so while we obviously agree in the necessity of a pastor, while we agree that there is a uh, final um, authority within the church in terms of the local assembly, we also believe that through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Every believer has within them the latent potential, the ability to be leaders and for the kingdom and for the local assembly to move forward at the rate at which it's supposed to. It requires, yes, a pastor, but also those under the pastor to understand their leadership potential and be developed to be leaders in their own right. And so for an apostolic church embracing the strengths of charismatic leadership, while mitigating its limitation requires a balanced approach. And so for this balanced approach, we might want to think about something like skills theory. Skills theory um, advocates that leadership is not predetermined by traits or charisma, but can be developed through learning and experience. It presents more of a democratic view of leadership, suggesting that with the right training, mentorship and opportunities, anyone can be an effective leader. In the apostolic Pentecostal context, the skills theory offers a practical pathway to cultivating leaders who can navigate the complexities of modern ministry. By focusing on skill development, the church can move beyond the limitations imposed by the belief inherent leadership traits or the reliance on charismatic authority solely. This approach aligns with the biblical understanding of spiritual gifts and callings, emphasizing growth, learning, and stewardship as key components of effective leadership. And so when we talk about skills theory, there are three different components within skills theory. The first one is technical skills. Technical skills involves the knowledge and abilities uh, for specific tasks, processes, or operations within the church. Developing technical skills among leaders ensures that they can competently manage ministry activities from financial administration to event planning and beyond. For apostolic churches, this could also encompass theological education, biblical literacy, and understanding of sound apostolic doctrine. Another component is human skills. Human skills or interpersonal skills are crucial for effective leadership. They enable leaders to communicate, motivate, and foster strong relationships within the church. In the context of apostolic churches, human skills are vital for pastoral care, conflict resolution, and creating an inclusive, nurturing environment for leadership development. The last component that we're talking about here in terms of skill 
trait is conceptual skills. These skills involve the ability to think critically, strategize, and envision the future direction of the church. Leaders with strong conceptual skills can navigate the challenges of growth, societal change, and spiritual leadership, guiding the church towards its mission while remaining adaptive and innovative. Implementing the skills theory in apostolic churches involves a commitment to ongoing education and training. Maybe we need to invest in workshops, seminars, mentorship programs, and leadership courses that can provide valuable opportunities for skill development. Moreover, the practical experience through service in various ministry roles allows potential leaders to apply their skills in real-world context, fostering growth and confidence. However, while the skills theory presents a promising framework for leadership development, its implementation is not without challenges. Identifying the specific skills needed within the church's context, providing access to training and development resources, and creating opportunities for practical application require careful planning and allocating resources to do this. However, the opportunities it presents for broadening the base of capable, well-rounded leaders within the church is worth it. So in conclusion, in concluding talking about leadership development today, our exploration of leadership theories within the apostolic movement, it becomes evident that while the charismatic theory and skills theory offer distinct perspectives, they collectively contribute to a nuanced understanding of spirit-led leadership. The synthesis between these two acknowledge the indispensable role of charismatic leadership endued with spiritual fervor and personal qualities that inspire and move the local assembly, but it also embraces the pragmatic and inclusive approach of skills theory to cultivate the latent potential in emerging leaders. The synthesis for charismatic leadership and skills theory presents a compelling model for the apostolic Pentecostal movement. It suggests that while we should continue to seek and value the anointing that marks spirit-filled leaders, we must also commit to developing the leadership potential within every person in the local assembly systematically. This dual approach allows us to harness the dynamicism and spiritual power of charismatic leadership while ensuring that emerging leaders are equipped with the practical skills necessary for effective ministry and service. As apostolic Pentecostal churches face the challenges of the modern world, the need for spirit-led and skilled leadership has never been more pronounced. We are called to foster environments where the Holy Spirit's work is evident in the powerful, charismatic leadership of anointed individuals and where the potential of every believer is nurtured through intentional development. By doing so, we ensure that our churches are not only led by individuals with a profound spiritual vision, but are also equipped with leaders who possess the practical skill to implement that vision effectively. Thank you for joining me today on All Things Apostolic. I look forward to seeing you next week.